You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, it's great to be with you today. I did pick a tomato today. I just wanted you to know. It wasn't completely red, but it was close enough to get off the vine. I'm ahead of you. I've gotten, uh, so far, three cherry tomatoes. I ate one. I ate a cherry tomato this morning, uh, too. I've gotten uh, uh, three uh, Roma tomatoes. Oh, good. My Romas have never grown well here. I've never had a good luck with Romas. Oh, man, I got them by the... Really? You're a lucky guy. I, maybe my soil is just not good for him. I don't know. I don't but I, and I got a, a pile of other tomatoes that just won't ripen. I, I mean, I'm. My, mine are full for sure. Mine are full of tomatoes for sure. But um, and I've got cucumbers popping out, and I got some squash and zucchini coming out, and looks like I got some watermelon and some pumpkin. But that's. I mean, I didn't plant much else. I mean, I just let it kind of. Okay, you got watermelon. You got the fried chicken that goes. Is it coming up? I love fried chicken, but I'm not eating that right now because I've lost all this weight. I know. You know it's just amazing. It's. Uh, I'm down 38 pounds in the last uh, nine weeks. It's not bad. You're just a shadow of your former self. I am. I'm such a shadow that my clothes don't fit. That's a (laughs) a real problem. I put a pair of pants on this morning and they literally fell off. Well, good thing this is radio and not television. You can't see. Well, I have a face for radio, which is why you and I both need to be here. But uh, uh, as you know, last week we talked about the – well, I made a prediction, didn't I? I said, when would the Supreme Court issue its decision? Thursday. And, and I worked. said, Thursday. Why? Because that's the annual conference of the American Immigration Law Association. So the conference comes out, the decision comes out, and I'm in Vegas, you know, with 3,000 of my closest friends, some of the best immigration lawyers in the country. And uh, I am mo- I'm, on a, I'm in a golf tournament that starts the conference with just a few of my friends. And uh, it's 7 in the morning out there. Court releases the decision at 10. At 7, they start releasing decisions. So they, leave, they release three that day, uh, or four, and the DACA's was either the third or the fourth, so it was like 7.20. 7.20 comes out, the decision is, is one sentence. The sentence is, we can't decide this case. Thank you very much. We 4-4. Four, four. Um, so my phone starts ringing immediately. <laughs> and I did um, about eight different interviews with eight different reporters, including a Skype session from my phone for Univision's uh, Sunday program here in Atlanta. So there I was in my, in my, in my nice polo on the golf course doing a Skype you session. Know, now, now let me go back just a second. You said you were there with 3,000 of your closest friends, and obviously there were a number of you out playing golf. Not that many, now, actually. It's only I, 20. It wasn't that many. Most immigration lawyers don't play but golf. How smart can those 20 people be playing golf in 112 degree weather. Well, remember, it, it was 7 in the morning, so it was only 89. Oh, only 89! By the time we got finished, it had barely broken 105. Oh. So it really, and it did, it's a dry heat. Oh, I know a dry heat. Yeah, like but being in the inside of an oven. Uh, but you know, these are, these are hot. golfers. So the heat, I, I had my SPF 100 on, so I was fine. I was well, literally... You did get a good tan. I though. was sunburning the sun. It was just reflecting back so, <laughs> so much on my SPF 100. So I, you know, I'm my other prediction was that we would win seven uh, six two did not come true, uh, which means one thing. It means that that uh, Chief Justice Roberts does not have the integrity I thought he did. I mean, if he really believed that uh, standing was as important an issue as he did in the Massachusetts versus ECPA case, he would have found standing here. Now he might have then voted against against it. And maybe that's what happened. They found standing, but standing said it was a 4-4, so why even have the standing? Maybe that's what they ended up. We'll never know. But what happens now is this. Of course, a lot of people are freaking out. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Is, 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 is Obama going to come arrest me? Is Trump going to get elected and deport everybody? So I told people, look, just take a, take a deep breath. Let's relax a second. This decision 
puts us back to November 2014. And actually, we're probably in a little bit better place than we were uh, on November 2014. So basically, anybody who would have got DAPA, who hadn't gotten it yet, is not going to get it. <laughs> and David, this is actually a big, good point. There were a lot of lawyers out there taking money from people in November 20. Pay me. It'll be getting ready. And I refused to take. And I tell people, do not pay lawyers. Do not pay no tech. Don't pay anybody any money until you know that this is actually real. Working with the Mexican consulate here to educate people. People still paid money to lawyers. Now, hopefully those lawyers will pay that money back. Otherwise, <laughs> somebody's going to get a huge fraud suit against them uh, for, for deception, fraud and deception. Um, hopefully they put that money in their trust accounts so that money is not gone. Uh, I know one lawyer took literally hundreds of hundreds of cases, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in money, and put it in his operating account, which means he spent it already. So I don't know how he's going to get that money back. should be interesting to see how that happens. Because uh, I told people, look, and this is just a prime good example to people out there. Look, if you think something exists and you're willing to pay for it, make sure it really does exist first. And make sure the lawyer or the, or the person you're working with is somebody you can trust. Uh, a lot of people come to me, well, how do I know a lawyer's any good? Well, I say, well, don't trust your neighbor to tell you. I mean, go online. Google the person. Google, Google is a really powerful tool. I mean, there's rating websites. There's also reviews online on View Google. I mean, not just Facebook reviews, but Google reviews that are independent and Yelp reviews and uh, Avo, AVVO.com reviews. A lot of lawyers are afraid of these things, but I'm not. I mean, hey, your client, tell your clients to go there and give you a review. Be honest with you. Do good work, you'll get a good review. And another thing I see all the time is people come to see me, well, I hired this lawyer, and I never heard of this lawyer. So I Google him. Did nothing. Maybe there's a yellow page entry on yellow pages. Like a, they don't have a website. I mean, if your lawyer doesn't have a website in 2016, do not hire that lawyer. How are they going to do your work if they can't even do a website, which takes about 30 seconds to get done? Um, you know, really, it's just amazing to me how much bad information is out there. So people are in the same situation they were, although some people have lost their money because they've been defrauded. Uh, nothing happens to DACA. DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, stays active. It's valid. Nobody's going to sue over it. Why? And this has been the big key, David, that I've been pointing out now for well over a year. Obama could have avoided this whole lawsuit. Remember when I, in February of 2015, I said, okay, it's been stopped. All Obama has to do today is publish the regulation. Publish, instead of saying it's a policy memo, instead of enacting policy by memorandum, which is all this is, not even an executive order, it's a, it's a memorandum, go to the Federal Register, print up what you want to do, have it published there, and then you can use emergency powers to get it done in 60 days, or you can use the regular process and get it done in, in four to six to eight months, and then we'll have DAPA. And there's, I mean, if you follow the Administrative Procedures Act, you follow it. There's no way it's going to be stopped by the courts. And what did Obama do? Nothing. Why? That's a great question. Uh, two reasons, I think. One is he wanted to show that he had executive authority, that there, in fact, was discretion within the executive branch that really started growing exponentially under Bush. Bush really started this. If you remember our talks about Bush back in the day, and Obama took it to the next level on on on, on executive authority. I want to. Ha- I want the president to have that authority. And two, I think his lawyers were telling him he didn't need to do that. I think his lawyers are giving him bad legal advice yeah. not to do that. Not just in immigration, but looking at this administration. There's been a lot of other 
I'm not going to call. And David, a lot of these are not executive actions. They're not necessarily the order signed by the president. They are administrative actions within the agencies. But my question is, do you think he's been given one bad advice, or do you think two? He's been given advice, but hadn't taken it. Oh, I think he's been given bad advice, but I also think even if he's given that advice, he is not going to follow it because he wants that executive authority to expand. But you know whose fault that is, right? That's Congress's fault. Congress can limit the power of the executive by passing actual laws. But when you can't, when you won't talk to the guy across the aisle and you need his vote, it's hard to pass actual laws that, that are actually going to get put into place. Uh, so I blame Congress, all Congress ultimately, but... Obama could have fixed it. Obama has Obama had the authority, still has the authority, to publish a regulation. He could today publish the DACA regulation. He could publish it. Why doesn't he do it? Why doesn't he do it today? Now, obviously, there's and he could have it in effect in sixty days. Now, of course, it becomes a political issue, right? So, if he won't do it, if he did it today, Trump just rides that train maybe all the way to the White House. Look at Obama up until the end, executive authority. The Supreme Court stopped him and. He just ignores the courts. He's, you know, and Hillary is just like him. So for that reason, I don't think today, politics, politics will stop them from helping four to five million people get right with the law. I mean, when has this country ever stopped politicians from getting people right with the law? When has that ever happened? Why do we keep make people be undocumented? We make people continue to suffer for what end? What's the purpose? doesn't appear to be one as far, other than just downright, they broke the law, therefore they should be punished. You know, everybody breaks the law. Let's not kid ourselves, you know. Uh, Jesus probably put it most succinctly you know, when he said, he is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I think he's pretty clear about that. Um, so if you have a law that's broken that people violate, much like David, uh, and I, I will analogize it to speeding. People don't like this, but I'll analogize it to speeding. Remember when Richard Nixon came down? The national speed limit's 55. Was that Congress who did that? Executive order, right? Okay. You were around. I was around. And I remember driving across the country when the speed limit was 55. That was a long freaking drive. (laughs) That's a long drive, David. Amen. Especially the 14 hours I spent in Texas (laughs) uh, going back and forth from Utah to Florida. Um, These things happen. And when we see a bad law, we change it because who was obeying the 55? Nobody. Why? Because our roads weren't built for 55. Roads were built for 65, 70, 80 miles an hour. And people can drive that. Cars were safer. Let's change the laws to reflect reality. Same thing here. So, uh, yes, I'm very saddened by this. But in some ways, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Um, you look at the issue of, I mean, it's not good for the families. And I feel bad for a lot of them. I feel bad for people that would be helping them because it would have just attached lives. But if Supreme Court had come down, what would have happened? Well, Trump would have said, oh, Supreme Court's messing people's lives. They're favoring the strong executive. They're letting Obama run and get away with stuff. We need to stop him. It becomes for Trump. It becomes it became a rallying cry that, to push more xenophobic, anti-immigrant people towards him, uh, or anti-Obama people towards him. Now that it's a dead issue, uh, and it's hurt who the Latinos. Maybe this will motivate the Latinos to go out and vote against Trump and say, "This is the guy that wants to deport my mom or dad." I could have gotten them. They could have gotten a work card. They could have gotten ultimately a green card through this. I'm going to come out and vote. I'm going to vote for Hillary because Hillary's going to do something. Now, I'm not a big Hillary fan, as you know, but you know when you have a choice between utter extreme fascism coming forward and you know four years of Hillary tempered by a Republican Congress, I'm probably going to take Hillary. You know because I think the Congress is going to be able to temper whatever she can do. Um, 
So with this four four outcome, you know maybe it's maybe it's an okay. It's not the best outcome, but it's an okay outcome, and uh, we have to now move forward. But people aren't going to lose their DACA, um, and coupled with the Obama administration's policy on enforcement, where basically if you if you were going to be eligible for DAPA, which means you have no felonies, you have no DUIs, you have no minor you know serious misdemeanors. You're a person of good moral character. You have kids here. ICE is not putting you in deportation proceedings if they come across you. So I had a fellow from church who I work with. He's just a wonderful man. Uh, very very Christ-like, very humble, really a servant leader. And on Saturday night, Friday night, uh, he was coming home from work. He works at a restaurant where he's a cook. Uh, 12.30 in the morning, he has stopped about to pull into his apartment complex by an officer, oh, you crossed the white line when you were coming down, the, coming around the curve. I want to do a breath test on you. I mean, this guy's Mormon; he doesn't drink, right? So, you know, he doesn't. He passes the breath test. Where's your license? Well, he doesn't have one. You know, he's driving that license because he's undocumented, undocumented for a decade, and so he arrests him for not having a license. ICE isn't going to pick him up. ICE didn't pick him up. He went and paid his fine, which is like a th- two thousand dollars. Oh yeah, fines for and now that they go after the immigrants on this is like two thousand dollars, David. Paid his fine. He's out, you know, two hours later. No, immigration's not going to do anything against him. Immigration's just fine. Uh, and uh, so all these people are not going to be picked up and deported all of a sudden. So at the end of the day, most of them are going to be okay. Let's take a break here on the Immigration on America's web radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, I need to ask you about this Brexit thing, this British yeah, leaving yeah. the EU. Uh, this is quite the event, don't you think, as you watch your 401k diminish into nothing? <laughs> I, I, I'd almost take the fifth on it in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to I think it could play out good. I think it could play out bad. Yeah, um, it, 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 a lot's going to be depend on how the Brits handle this. I mean, yeah. Uh but what was interesting what struck me the most about it was the breakout of the vote. Was yeah. stunning. 
basically anybody over 50 voted to leave the EU. And everybody under 50 voted to stay. But And there's a lot more people under 50 than over 50. They just didn't vote. And a lot of regret now, thinking, oh, well, you know, I voted for it because, you know, we, we was going to lose. Uh, no, that's not how it works. You know, you don't get to vote what you think might happen. You get to vote what you, what you really want to believe, which is a lesson to Trump people. It's like, don't vote for him unless you want him to win because he could actually win. Um, yeah, I, I think, obviously, in short, short term, the markets think it's a terrible thing. Obviously, the markets think this is a really, 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 really bad thing. Um, and it's it destroyed the, the stocks of almost every European bank. Almost every European bank is below their stock level of 2008. Wow. I mean, this is, this is crazy butt stuff. Um, now, the American banks haven't, haven't been hit bad, badly hit. You know who's done well as a result of this? Utility companies. Hmm. Utility, my grandma always said, buy utilities. Because, you know, utilities, you know, in times of crisis, utilities always go up. They're like bonds because everybody still needs to use their air conditioner. But I think this is um, it's a telling thing. Does it help Trump or hurt Trump? Is is America, the American electorate like the British electorate? <coughs> well, again, I, I think <coughs> one of these time will tell. Uh, you know, Trump supported it. Um, he did uh, because it helps his Scottish uh, golf course. <laughs> Oddly enough, the Scots voted to stay, yeah. and Scotland may actually have a vote to leave the UK now, so they can get back in the EU. Um, I I think. Th- if you step back and look at the universe, look at not the universe, but look at the look at Earth from the lab or whatever else, we've got a world that's in in turmoil. Uh, a lot of people are just, you know, whether it's the Brits, whether it's America. Sure, seems to be a rise of nationalism, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. And Trump has really tapped into that. This rise of nationalism, I think, comes from a feeling, if not a reality. That I'm not as doing. I'm not doing as good as I thought I should be doing. But some of the life. things that the UK had come up, or not the UK, but the the EU had come up with, um, you know, telling you you can't use a hair dryer. You can't. Well, you they, they, you know, the EU has got crazy they, stuff going on. They, you know, it's sort of like the UN. If you look, the EU in many ways is like the UN. I agree. If the UN in principle, as was the world, whatever it was uh, before the UN. The idea... I wasn't alive then, David. I, I don't have that word. You weren't? No, it was, it was League of Nations, by the way. League of Nations, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> when in, you were young both man. Ca- I, you know, I, <laughs> hey, listen, I've had my own problems. <laughs> anyway, um, the, superficially, the idea is good. But just like many, many commentators have said, the EU became a political tool... And then it lost its effect. Well, I, and, and, and the Brits, it, I think, felt like they were paying for a big chunk of, a, of, a, of, a, of an entity that was not helping them move forward as a country. Uh, it's also a message to the EU as well. Hey, you need to, you need to fly, straighten up and fly right. Um, but I, I, I think Britain is hurt much more by this than the EU is hurt by this. Um, but Britain still is, I think, the fifth largest economy in the world. It's not like they're going to go bankrupt tomorrow. Uh, but they've got some serious issues. I do know this. It's a great time to, like Donald said, it's a great time to visit the UK because the pound is a, 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 a probably a 20, 25-year low. Um, it's 75 cents to the, uh, to the pound, which is wow. I mean, that's just that's crazy talk. It was 50 cents well, a couple years ago. When are you going? 
I'm not going um, anytime soon because I'm going to Peru tomorrow, David. Uh-huh. I'm going to Peru and doing some doing some charlas down there and talking to people about immigration issues. But I thought this Brexit thing is really interesting because it it pointed up Hillary is clearly an anti-Brexit. Trump is a pro-Brexit um, because Trump is a nationalist and Hillary is not necessarily a nationalist. She's more of a globalist, which is why you see global GOP guys saying like Brent Scowcroft, General Scowcroft, saying I'm going to support. Hillary Clinton in this election because Trump is clearly not my foreign policy guy. Some great polls have come out in the last several days, very interesting polls, not great ones, but very interesting polls, which put Trump substantially behind Hillary. But the, the poll today I found fascinating is that they view Trump as more honest and straightforward as than Hillary by like 17 points. But I don't think the word honest in that is actually what they're looking at. I think people, it's that he's more straightforward. And, and to say honest and straightforward are synonyms because they're not. Trump is straightforward, but I don't think he's honest. Hillary may or may not be honest and may or may not be straightforward. So I think he's first certainly more straightforward than she is. I don't think he's any more honest. I think he lies all the time. And I have this great thing here, David. You know, uh, Obama... Is uh, as we've long called him the deporter in chief uh, here on our show. Uh, uh, Trump yes, uh, yesterday or the day before uh, say this. He attacked Obama for being for deporting too many people. Quote: The billionaire turned politician said his immigration policies would have a quote heart, suggesting he may be shifting tone to transition into general election mode after the bruising primaries. Quote. President Obama has mass-deported vast numbers of people, the most ever, and it's never reported. That is true, right, David? We, we've talked about this for years. I think people are going to find that I not only have the best policies, but I will have the biggest heart of anybody, Trump said. Pressed on whether he would issue mass deportations, Trump answered, no. I would not call it mass deportations. So now Obama is too tough on immigration. And immigration was a key issue in the Brexit vote. Why? Old white Britons were not happy with new immigrants to the UK. It's quite clear. Why do all the anti-immigrants support Trump? Old white people don't like all the new immigrants to America. It's not. It's very much the same thing. Immigration is a very powerful... Even though immigration never ranks in the top five issues... It's like one of the most important issues anyway. Because people separate out immigrants from immigration policy. Because immigration policy is not sexy. But immigration policy is what helps our economy grow, move forward, develop, bring new ideas, bring new blood, bring new money. But it doesn't sound well when the guy next to you sells his house to the, the dude from Syria. Because the dude from Syria came in as a refugee and then, and then struck gold, had a great idea, runs a business, and now he buys a home next to you. Now you don't like immigrants anymore because now they're living next to you. You know, you... NIMBY, buddy. NIMBY. You touched on something, and I agree with you. Right. But there's a a very, very sad scenario here that nobody is really addressing. What's that? You addressed that the people under 50 voted to stay in. Right. That's what the numbers show. But... With that being said, they there there were more of them than there were over fifty, but a lot vote. didn't vote. Right. Now you take that one step further, and I know you'd never do this, but if I could afford to send you to uh, 
California and puts you as a man on the street out there and asking people that pass by, young people, mm -hmm. what do you think the effect of uh, the U.K.'s decision is going to be? They wouldn't have a clue yeah. of what you're talking about. Public, now, that's, um, the that's, the public, that's sad. I that's agree. That's the sad scenario. It's, it ain't going to affect you and me, really, right. even at your young age. Right. And certainly not me down the road because some of this is going to play out in five years, ten, ten years, years, twenty years. Yeah, you know, who knows how far? But he will be dead by then. Yeah, you know? and then and the young kids will be the ones who didn't vote. Will be the ones paying the penalty or if, have if no clue. Right now, the the Brit, the young Brits may have at least had a clue, mm -hmm. maybe. But America, I, I well, can guarantee when you don't when you don't teach the Constitution in public schools anymore. Uh, amen. Uh, when you don't teach civic responsibility in schools, when you don't even teach people how to balance their checkbooks in schools anymore, uh, you're going to have serious issues. Uh, there are long-term consequences to not engaging children in civic responsibilities. Amen. Well, you're the second host that said that this week. Oh, really? Well, it's quite clear. I mean, I mean, I'm fortunate because um, um, obviously I grew up at a time when yeah, I had, I had, we had social studies, but I had the best teachers ever. And we did we, we dealt with American history. We looked at the details. We looked at the Constitution. We went all into. You it. had to read this. We, thing. we read the Constitution. It was part of our curriculum. We, the people you know? of the United, yeah, we read that stuff. To re we had to memorize the preamble. Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, in order to form a perfect union to promote domestic tranquility. I mean, we had to memorize this stuff. That doesn't happen anymore in a lot of places. I mean, some private schools do, but most public schools just don't. And when you don't, and that, and and that's key to integrating immigrants, particularly into the into our society, is a knowledge of the social history of the United States and what that means. We are far and away not the most perfect country in the world. We have a terrible history on slavery and on civil rights and anti-immigration behavior. But at the same time, we've offered generations of of, of new Americans wonderful opportunities. Because most of that was grounded in a knowledge of what it meant to be an American. And, and we just don't teach that as much anymore in our schools that we need to. We desperately, desperately need to. Uh, rather than teaching people stuff, fluff, or what's politically correct, let's teach actual history. You know, what, what actually happened. You know, we need to talk about the Civil War, what a terrible thing that was. And when it really was caised by slavery. It wasn't caused by states' rights. That's just a b bunch of malarkey. Um, but there are consequences to what happened in the Civil War, and then consequences to what happened in integration after the Civil War. Uh, it, but not teaching that in schools, David, is what really becomes a major problem going forward. Well, there's two things, and I don't mean to be taking your show. But no, I want you to take uh, the show. This is, this is good because it needs to be talked about. There are two things that schools have dropped that I think are vitally important. Just like you said, civics, the constitution, social studies, what we call or what I went through. The other thing is they've taken an extremely important thing out of high schools particularly, and that's hand classes, woodworking, yep. shop, anything like that. Band is out of most schools as well. So You know, they've, and that's terrible. Yeah. Both, both things. You know, and if elected, I'm going to change all this stuff. Yeah. Well, the thing is that's all done at the local level. Yeah. It's all done at the local level. Well, it is and it isn't. Well, it's 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 bri it's done at the local level, but it's bribed at the national level. Well, you know, part of the problem, of course, is you don't have people that even making decisions at the local level that know what's going on. When you, you don't elect knowledgeable knowledgeable people to the school board, you're not going to get knowledgeable students. It's just that's just really simple. Um, I'm actually very proud of the little school I went to in upstate New York, and. Uh, 
that school is still a school, a strong school for education, economic, academic achievement because it has great faculty and great school board leadership. Let's take our next break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano, o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. David, there is a very famous judge uh, in the Seventh Circuit uh, by the name of Richard Posner, uh, who has um, been a judge, oh my gosh, almost got to be 25, 30 years. I mean, a judge forever. Uh, before that, and he's also a lecturer at University of Chicago Law School. I mean, brilliant, a brilliant man. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't tolerate um, uh, much of the immigration services uh, and the immigration courts nonsense, and he frequently uh, um, uh, goes after uh, judges, immigration judges, for being incompetent, and the Board of Immigration Appeals for being incompetent. Um, it's um, uh, really interesting um, uh, to talk about this. Um, but he wrote a little blog, and he wrote this. About the, about the decision from the Supreme Court. I do not think the decision will affect deportations, quote, open print, removals is the official term. There are thought to be 10 or 11 million illegal immigrants in the United States. This, is, this of course, is too large a number to conceive of deporting. It would not only require mobilizing the armed forces, it would shrink the American workforce by about 10%. Probably not that much, but maybe 5%. Um, which we can't afford. In general, the immigration authorities leave non-criminal, illegal immigrants alone. An exception is illegal immigrants stopped at the border and simply not let in. But that's a small exception. This was interesting. Obama has been a fierce deporter. Why? I don't know. I, and in paren, I don't understand most of what Obama does. He was appointed by Reagan. I don't understand most of what Obama does. This is a federal court judge. <coughs> I assume in response to the Texas decision, he'll just tell the Department of Homeland Security to go slow on deporting people. I don't think there's anything the courts or Congress can do about that. I conducted a criminal trial recently, and one of the persons discussed in the trial, she was neither a defendant nor a witness, had come to the U.S. as a teenager on a visitor visa, not returned to a home when the visa expired, was arrested, ordered deported, and put in a detention facility where she was bailed out. She was still living in the U.S., probably still legal, address known to the government, and never bothered her since her release on bail 
more than 10 years ago. You know, I thought it was an interesting little blog about from, from Posner's point of view about how he views the fierce deporter, you know, somebody that, that, uh, uh, that Trump himself called the deporter-in-chief uh, going forward. I, I just find that, um, uh, that it's going to be interesting to see as we go forward. Now, what happens, David, on this court case? What happens? Because, uh, as you may remember, the Supreme Court was not the final decision-maker on this case. This was an appeal of a grant of a stay. Okay, we're not going to enact this policy until we have a trial. So now this case goes back to the trial court for a trial on the case, uh, where they're going to Texas will have to prove that they're actually damaged. Now this should be interesting because this will give the Obama administration a chance to have a trial on their policy. Good trial lawyers with a fair judge could win this case. I don't think we have a fair judge, but they could win this case. So he'll get the case, and let's say Hannon says, you know, at the end of the day, go back to to Judge Hannon in the 5th or Southern District of of Texas. So he has the trial on the case, and that trial starts um, probably probably after the election, but I think there's a possibility. Now, if Hannon wanted to be political, he would have this trial in September, Hmm. right? Right in the middle of September, right? Can't you ask for a different court, different judge? Not at this point. I mean, you can, but you're not going to get one. You have to prove he's biased. I mean, it's not going to happen. Might as well just let the, let the sleeping dogs lie with that. So he's going to have a trial on this, and presuming Hillary wins, uh, that will go forward. Now, Hillary, I think, will issue the regulation immediately because she's not stupid. Okay, if issue the regulation, let's move forward. So I'll have a trial, and let's say Texas wins again. All right? They go to the Fifth Circuit. They're going to get different judges of the Fifth Circuit this time. And... That Fifth Circuit case, because of the Supreme Court's decision, is not considered precedent. They're not to be followed. So if they get different judges in the Fifth Circuit this time, they don't get these two conservative people again. It could be overturned early in the early in the Clinton administration, and then DAPA takes effect. An expanded DAPA, because Hillary has said she will expand DAPA not only to include parents of U.S. citizens, permanent residents, but parents of DACA kids, which adds another million people to the process. So I think this could be very interesting going forward. There's going to be a trial in the fall or, or the early winter, another appeal mid-next mid year, and then back at the Supreme Court, possibly after that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, if Hillary wins, of course, the Supreme Court, I mean, the Senate will have to act. And frankly, if Hillary wins, McConnell's not going to be able to stop anything. I guess he'll have to filibuster somebody. I don't know how he's going to filibuster somebody. And then she's going to appoint a real liberal. And they're going to regret not putting Garland on the court because they could have put Garland Garland probably would have voted with the, with the conservatives on this he probably would have um, so they're really going to regret not putting Garland on the court uh, and uh, she's going to put a liberal on there and then Ruth Bader's going to retire and she's put another liberal on there and then you know then you got Thomas Tom Breyer Thomas is going to retire and they're going to put a liberal on there uh, Breyer's going to retire. Gonna put a Kennedy's going to die or retire. Going to put a liberal on there. And pretty soon you're looking at 7 2. I mean, she could appoint three justices in the Supreme Court in four years, and you would be 7 2. And we'd be super screwed. Yeah. Well, you certainly would have policy of, uh, as long as you keep electing Democratic presidents, you would be. Uh, I mean, you saw the abortion decision yesterday, uh, 5 5 3. I mean, that wouldn't have mattered. I mean, it was 5 3. So. Uh, that wasn't going to change at all. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of stuff like that. A lot of stuff like that. They also ruled on guns yesterday, by the way, 5-3. You know that, don't you? 
Do you know about the gun ruling? No. If you have been convicted of domestic violence, you can't own a gun. If state mm-hmm. law said that those laws are constitutional. So, you know, that's that was was that seven one or six two or something like that? Uh, so it's real. I mean it's you know that's it's interesting. Really you want a guy who has D V convictions to have a gun? Do you want a guy who has domestic violence convictions to have a gun? No, but what's interesting though is that I watch the news <laughs> and I don't remember any station saying anything about it. Okay. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I saw it on, I mean I saw it on TV and I saw it on uh, uh, I saw it on the internet. This idea, David, that there's a mainstream media that controls all media, it's not true anymore. It's not true anymore. Because the internet's available. I mean, very few people actually watch NBC, ABC, and CBS at 6 o'clock to get their news. There are not that many people do that anymore. Most people get their news from the Internet. Internet's free, baby. It's all, all available. You know? And I, uh, by the way, if you want to have a great app for your iPhone or your iPad, it's called Smart News. And it's just a cross-section of news. It comes from all political parties. I mean, everything. It's great. No slant. You just get, they just have, it's like drudge without the drudge slime that you feel after reading drudge. Um, and it's easily done. They pull up the right artic- the articles. You get to read them. They come from all the political spectrum. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's a good app. If you're going to get Smart News is an app. You, could, you should get that app. Uh, but this, this deadlock, there are people uh, who think um, that um, the Supreme Court's deadlock will actually change immigration policies. Uh, there's a good article in the Washington Post um, written by, um, I think, are a couple professors of law, um, and um, called the, and they wrote a book called The New Immigration Federalism. Yeah, associate professors of law. So the young law professors, um, and it's um, uh, they said this that I thought was really quite interesting. Um, much of the commentary surrounding the court's decision has focused on the consequences for four to five million people. Meanwhile, political analysis has focused on the topics ranging from lim- limits of executive authority uh, for future presidential actions to legitimate mobilization to unfilled vacancy. But and this is their position. This decision also implicates a less discussed but critical issue, the growing involvement of states in setting immigration policy. In this instance, a coalition of states led by GOP governors and AGs challenged DAPA in federal court. The Supreme Court and said the legal and political wrangling over DAPA reflects a broader surge in state involvement in immigration control. Immigration policy was near exclusive domain of the federal government for nearly a century, up until then 1665. Then states and localities became more involved in questions of immigration control. This trend has accelerated in the last decade, decade with California and Arizona leading the way on opposite ends. California has increased various benefits to undocumented residents and limited cooperation in federal authorities. And AZ has prevented cities from enacting policies and denied state benefits to, to, to folks. So their, their idea is that states will lead the charge going forward on immigration reform. I think they don't know what they're talking about. At the end of the day, yes, yeah, states can fight immigration, try to fight immigration federal policy, but they're never going to enact immigration policy. I mean, they will affect the individual lives of immigrants, much much the way uh, Jim Crow laws affected the lives of blacks in the South in, in the 60s and 70s and the 50s and the 80s, and maybe even today in the 90s and teens. But they're not going to change the law. The law is going to remain the same. And it's, uh, it's really still the federal government where this lies. And that really goes to, David, what happens in this election? Uh, will immigration play an important enough role to mobilize Latino voters, Asian voters, 
even African-American voters to come out and vote against Trump and who they're going to vote for. I'm going to vote for Hillary. Hillary leads in the polls. At this time, uh, four years ago, David, so that you know, uh, Romney was up by half a percentage point. Trump's down anywhere from 5 to 12 points, depending on which poll you believe. No poll has... You know, he doesn't talk about polls anymore. Do you notice that? Pardon? He doesn't talk about polls anymore because <laughs> the polls show him losing. You know, so he, what's he going to talk about polls for? Because he's not a loser. He's a winner who loses. Um, and you've got the situation where if she maintains the lead that she has, at the end of the, the end of the election, November, she will be president. Now, I did remember you wrote that down, right, that I said she'll be president. Uh, she'll be president not because she is the best person in America for the job, but because she was the least unfavorable of two people running for president. This should not be, David, how we pick our presidents. It should not be. It should not be how we pick our congressmen. It should not be how we pick our senators. Uh, but until we can clean up politics to an extent that good people want to run and want to stay in the race and can get elected, I mean, why is Trump leading the primary? Because he said mean, terrible, awful things that a, that a minority of the GOP bought. And you had 16 other dwarfs out there who, uh, and I, I don't mean to insult dwarfs, okay, uh, Trump and the, and the 17, 16 dwarfs, uh, who uh, could not get their act together to challenge him in a way that was effective. Shame on them. I should have taken a lesson from, uh, from your friend um, um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, that woman will st- stands up to him, and she just does not care. None of the GOP did that. They just never did that. Uh, and as a result, you've got uh, Mr. Trump moving forward with his uh, with his agenda, and uh, he will be coming out today, David. By the way, which we'll cover in a couple weeks. I will not be here next week, so we have, don't have a new show next week. But Trump will be giving a speech today on national security and immigration, where he's going to clarify his thoughts on deporting everybody and, uh, and excluding all Muslims from the United States. He's going to clarify his thoughts on that. Um, I don't know whether that's like ghee, clarified butter. I don't know. How does that work? How does, how does he clarify his thoughts? Uh, but it, it looks like he will be using the teleprompter. I thought only idiots use teleprompters. Isn't that what he said? Well, Obama's an idiot because he never speaks up the cup. He only uses a teleprompter. Then why use the teleprompter? Because he's an idiot and can't say a straight sentence without that makes any sense without a teleprompter, but he's a terrible teleprompter reader. Obama's a very accomplished teleprompter reader. Hillary's not that good either, but Trump is terrible. It might be maybe he's just not a very good reader. I don't know, but he's very you know he he hesitates, he he skips, he kind of you could tell it's not moving fast enough, or it's moving too fast for him to read, and maybe he can't see. Um, but I'm curious to see how his position on deporting everybody now evolves into not deporting everybody and whether the anti-immigration folks are still going to support him or not. That's a big question. It's a big what if. Are they going to keep keep going after him? Um, in the meantime, our friends at the Immigration Service are falling more and more behind in processing cases, David. Uh, yesterday, a client came to me and they were the victim of a crime. And they want to know how long their visa would take uh, as a victim of a crime called a U visa. And I had to share with them right now, it's taking two to two and a half years to get an answer from immigration. That's tragic. Let's take a break here on the immigration. Now we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Benghazi report. 
with David on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And you're back. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour of America's Web Radio. David, this morning the Benghazi report came out. I know you are a big Benghazi fan. Um, uh, yesterday the Democrats put out their pre-buttle, I think is what they <laughs> called it. Um, and it, yeah, I don't understand is this. Did they all have access to the same information? I mean, they did, right? I mean, one would think so. You would think so, right? Um, Now, what they came out and said, Hillary Clinton did nothing wrong. That's the Democrats. No, that's the Republican thing. The U.S. Army screwed up, is what this report said. But Hillary did nothing wrong. That's what Fox News just said on on their on their blurb on the Benghazi report. Mm. It is 824 pages long, and it is the eighth report that has come out on Benghazi. So there's nothing new in this report. Um, what I found interesting in the reporting of it this morning is, okay, what did Hillary do wrong? Nothing. Because she wasn't in charge of it. The U.S. Army was in charge of it. Why was Chris, um, why was the ambassador there? Because he was the ambassador. He, he went there. I mean, that's what he did. It was an important place to be. Uh, why wasn't security up to snuff? Because the Congress did not provide enough money to get security in place. You know, that's why. Why didn't the Army get in there before, you know, while the attack was going on? Panetta says, I don't know. I gave the order and it didn't happen. I, I mean, there's what, what there is, David, is plenty of blame to go around here. And the good news, from what I could tell, is the State Department's already implemented a lot of the policies that the last actual report by... Um, former head of the Joint Chiefs and former ambassador put together on recommended policy changes at the Department of State to make the embassies more safe. They've done a lot of those things already, and Congress has actually given more money. So the idea that, that Hillary uh, caused Benghazi and murdered Ambassador Stevens apparently is simply not true. So what, 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 what will be the next? I guess we'll have to wait for the FBI to indict her. Is that right? 
I did see one of my Facebook friends uh, feeds that somebody that was going to testify before the FBI was found dead. Clearly, same person that killed Vince Foster. Got to be. Got to be. I love conspiracy theory, David. I I just love conspiracy theories on this stuff. But I I find it interesting that... um, uh, uh, that Benghazi turns out to be nothing after spending all this time from both sides. I mean, I, a bunch of political hacks is all they all they are. A bunch of political hacks and dis- a disappointing group of political political hacks at that. Um, now, David, uh, one thing I also want to talk about today, besides this wonderful ben- Benghazi report, is uh, how does Obama really move forward on immigration? How does, uh, can he do anything with the rest of the six and a half months in his term to help anybody? Well, he could do something about the child prisons that Marty talked about last week. Um, he could do something about uh, the deportations that are happening. But I don't think he will. Because I actually, I don't think Obama actually cares about immigration. question is, can he do it from a golf course? Hopefully he's play. Actually, I think he's traveling a little too much to play much golf these days. You know, he's going to Poland oh, this week. Poland? Hey, when I when I travel to Europe in the summertime, Poland's not a bad place. It's an EU meeting, apparently without the Brits. Um, apparently without the Brits. <laughs> so I don't know how much golf he's getting in, but I don't. I mean, I look the most stressful job in the world. You want to play golf? Good for you. Bush rode bikes and chopped wood on his ranch. I don't, really don't care what you do. Doesn't matter to me. Um, but I want you there doing the job when it's time to do the job. I don't expect any anybody at work to work 24-7. I mean, I'm sure he gets a lot less sleep than the rest of us most nights about what's going on. Um, and I think the next president will do the same thing. Uh, and I don't know why he's getting less sleep, but he probably is. But I, I'm, I'm curious, David, um, uh, from your take, we're now, you know, less than 120 days to the election. Do you see Trump being able to pull this off? Not because of Clinton. No, and that was my question. Do you think he can pull it off? Yeah. Can he win? You think he can win? How do you think he can win? What, is, what does he have to do to swing 9% of the electorate to his column? I think if he, I think there's two factors like I've said all along. Uh, if he's against Clinton, I think there is a not a Christian uh, silent majority, but a silent majority that that we've never addressed. That, that I, I don't I think, think it's, it's a majority anymore, David. Oh, I, I think there's. I think there are people that will come out of the woodworks that we had no idea about. Well, that's one thing. I, if he's going against Biden, who I still contend is going to be the the presidential candidate, because you Democrats, think Hillary's going to get indicted. I don't think I. My thing was that Biden will be the Democratic nominee and Hillary won't be. But whether she's indicted or not, I doubt, you know, at this point, probably not. But that doesn't mean that she's going to be the nominee. Well, how does does he become the nominee at this point? Well, the only way is that she drops out or or is kicked out. And she's not going to get kicked out unless she's indicted. But she's not going to be indicted. Unless health gets her. You think she's got bad health? I think she's got bad everything, but... 
you know, I, I think uh, I, I'm telling you that, you know, it's my opinion, and that's all it is, that uh, Biden will be the Democratic nominee. Here's what I think, David. I think whoever is elected is a one-term president. their one-term president. Um, something's going to happen in the next four years that that whoever's president will not react well to. Now, we have typically, in my lifetime at least, gone through periods of six, eight, ten years of economic growth, then a recession. It's just cyclical. It just happens. Uh, it's now been six years since we got out of an economic recession, at least started to get out of an economic recession. We're due. And if you are in the presidency when the economy's down, you're not going to win re-election. Ask Jimmy Carter how that worked out for him. Um, so if if the cycle continues, whoever's president will not be able to address the issue and will be gone. By the way, David, I watched on the airplane a movie that um, uh, really changed my perspective and helped me understand uh, how uh, Wall Street... Um, along with politicians, have really hurt the American people. Have you heard of the movie The Big Short? I've heard of it. I haven't. David, you need to go to Netflix and watch this movie. Now, I will tell you, they use the F word a lot. A lot. And I'm not, I usually don't watch our movies, but this is such a powerful, factual message about what led to the economic crisis, the mortgage failure, you will be. I was pissed off when the movie was over. I was angry when the movie was over. You need to go watch this movie, The Big Short. Um, it's got the got the guy who played Batman in it. Um, the new Batman. Um, lost his yeah, name. Yeah, I know. Lost his name. He's in it. He does a great job. Great acting in the movie. But it's all almost all factual base. There's some. And what's interesting, they break the fourth wall. They talk to you, the actors. During this, uh, and they say, "Well, this is what we did. That's not true. What's true is X, Y, Z. But it makes for a better movie if we do this, if we do this. But it's still the same result." Um, so it's fascinating to see if if if, if, if and immigrants were a key part of this because what happened, what led to the mortgage crisis was the bundling of loans into mortgage-backed securities. So basically, they took the mortgage industry and, by a factor of twenty, made it more valuable by making securities out of them. The package within each of these securities were hundreds of loans. So, David, you buy a security for a million for ten million dollars, and in that ten million dollars, there's fifty loans. Well, they were telling you these are all loans to people like you and me who pay their mortgage every month. They're all AAA rated. They're good, but they lied. They were putting crappy loans in there, and and then when they started to fail, the, the, finally after they were they were pushed up by the market by criminals, finally they all failed. Uh, and it was all these mortgage-backed securities, which people were essentially, they were just a gamble. It was just literally a gamble. And I knew about these, but I did not understand them to this movie. You need to watch this movie because a lot of these bad mortgages were people, they were giving mortgages to immigrants who were new. You could literally walk in and sign a piece of paper, and it would give you a mortgage. In fact, I'll go one step further. You and I would have had and did have a harder time getting a loan As a than result, they did. I agree. And we did. And we did. Um, and so the two people had no income, no credit history, assuming they were going to who have no history of living in a house or apartment for a long time, and gave them a thirty-year mortgage at twelve percent. Nobody's going to pay that. They're going to move out. 
It was it was absolutely fascinating, David. If you you and your wife, if, if she can tolerate the F word, by the way, they use the F word because it's all filmed in New York, right? So an F word is just like a regular old adjective. Uh, I would go watch that movie because it is it would change your perception. And again, immigration is related to it because of whose whose mortgages are the ones that failed. Um, and uh, it was just it's, it, it, it's heartbreaking and will just tick you off to no end. And only one guy went to jail. And he really didn't. He was a peripheral player. It, and people in Wall Street walked away with millions and millions of dollars for this. It was wow, David. It was just wow. Um, so on the Immigration Hour, I mean, that's about it for this week. I'll be gone, uh, David, uh, the following week. I'll be, in, I'll be in Peru where we are doing a series of lectures uh, on immigration in Lima and Cusco and Arequipa. Also going to be seeing, seeing some of my dear friends down there. Uh, I will be uh, participating in uh, these forums with a, one of the most uh, prominent motivational speakers in Peru. Uh, our website to enroll, if you're listening to this and still want to go. And you're taking your, I have a show on America's Web Radio sign. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to put it up there. Uh, the website is ExitoAmericano, AmericanSuccess.com, ExitoAmericano, where you can enroll. Uh, it's, it's exciting. I, I'm, we're going to be expanding this program to Chile. Uh, to Colombia, to Ecuador, to Mexico, uh, to help people better understand U.S. immigration laws. Uh, until next week, uh, this shows Chuck Cook on the Immigration Hour. If you want to get on the show, well, we'd love to have you as a guest. Uh, or you want to have comment, or you want to tell us a question you have, you want us to address, go to uh, immigration.net or email me at chuck at immigration.net or david at America's Web Radio. Until next week, this shows Chuck Cook on the Immigration Hour on the immigration on the America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.